What is up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Bennett, and my man Keith Bradley. Keith, once again, how's it going? We've already done this. <laughs> OBS, yeah, what is up? What yeah, is up? OBS crashed about four minutes into it, and uh, yeah, so we're, gotta, we're redoing it. <laughs> gotta love technology. Gotta love it. Gotta <laughs> love it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, how was your how was your weekend? Man, it was pretty good. Um, got through the weekend. Now the kids are back in school. Now we got an empty house. Oh my God, they're already back in yeah. school. Oh yeah, yep. They started two days ago. Really? Yep. That's insane. That's what I said. I know when I went to school, I we'd go back late we August would go, early September. We would go back after Labor Day. That was when we went back was after Labor Day or later on when I was in like um, high school, right? The last couple of years before I graduated, we would go back the week of Labor Day. So you essentially or, or leading up to Labor Day weekend, we would go back on like Wednesday, right? We'd go back. We'd have like three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we had Labor Day weekend. And then we had like a four day week afterwards so it's almost kind of like we kind of like like eased back into it right we basically had like three months off and then we would go back for a few days it's the first couple days of school you're you know especially like in high school right you're all you're getting acquainted with all your new classes and teachers and all that stuff like that then that next following week it's you're finally getting into the school like more serious school stuff and then you've got a few days of that then you got the three-day weekend and then when you got back from that it was like all right now we're off and running and dude now like my kids are going back. I think it's next week. Maybe it's the following week. I don't. It's in the next week or two. And I I cannot believe how early they go back now. It's insane. Yeah. It is wild. Yeah. I think they only had two months off for summer break. I think. That's and nuts, dude. We had yeah. three months. I mean, yep. we got off the first week of June, and we didn't go back until like the last week of october or october august um or like i said the first week of september you yep, know that's first how it was here september. when i was yeah. in school yeah we were off like it was like june 3rd to september 3rd right like it was something like that i had that's crazy i cannot believe that schools uh, god school sucks no wonder why kids uh, don't like school I, yeah well between that and the damn school system that we have yeah. is a freaking absolute joke if you ain't, yeah if you're not an athlete or you're not in sports, it's, it's, ah, we don't care. Yeah. I, well, yeah. California is the opposite. I mean, it's, it, ours, yeah, it's scary. Um, it's one of the reasons why my, my son goes to the school that he does go to because it's actually one of the few good public schools in the area. And it's like, we got to keep him here, <laughs> got to keep him in this school while we can. Cause yeah, right. it's, uh, yeah, it, it's the school system now. I'll never forget. I'll never forget years ago when my daughter um, was in, she was in elementary school. You know, cause my, my, and my daughter's 17 now. She's going to be, she just graduated high school. She's going to be 18 in October. And she was like nine or 10, right? Maybe, maybe even younger, maybe eight. And I remember their school did a, um, common core math night for parents where the parents had to go to school and we had to learn 
about Common Core Math so we could help the kids with their homework. And I'll never forget sitting in that classroom with my daughter's teacher and her explaining this and me just wanting to pull my hair out. And I was like, excuse me. I go, I'm I'm like, I'm not, I didn't go to college. I didn't get a degree or anything like that. I go, but. I go, I would very good at math. I go for someone without a college degree. I go, math was like my subject, right? Like when I was in high school, I was taking calculus and trig and, you know, all all these, um, all these like college level math courses, because before I blew out my knee, I wanted to play college. I wanted, I wanted to play football in college and try to get like a, a partial scholarship to a small school. And I used to help, no, no bullshit. I used to help, I had friends who went to college and I used to help them with their math homework, right? Like I'm not in college, I'm done, ta- I'm done with school and I would help them with their math homework. Like that's how good I was at math. And I could not understand this stuff. It made zero sense. And I'm like, I'm like, how is it that this is better? That this is supposed to be better? When someone like myself, who knows geometry and trigonometry and calculus and statistics, who knows this stuff, and I can't figure it out. I cannot figure out my eight-year-old daughter's math homework. I go, there's no way that this can be easier. They're like, oh, yes, no, it's, it's much, much better. And I'm like, show me. And I remember them showing me. And I was like, why would you do? It was the mo- it's the most ridiculous concepts to me. Like I get teaching kids critical thinking, but the stuff that they were doing, I was like, that's a waste of time, right? Like I still, I mean, to this day, I mean, you know, my son's 10, I got to deal with it. I'm still, I'm still dealing with it, you know? And he'll be like, Hey, I need help with my homework. And I'm sitting there and it's like, what's, you know, 500 multiplied by, you know, 75. And I'm like, Oh, well it's up, 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 up. He's like, that's not how we do it. We have to break it down with the boxes and show all the X's and O's. I'm like, that is a waste of time. Like, that is so stupid, dude. I'm like, why do you have to do that? He's like, that's our math. I'm like, oh my God. So yeah, I, it's just, it's maddening. And I, I'm looking forward to my, my son getting back to school because my son's going nuts right now. He is, we don't, um, we don't live close to any of his friends that he goes to school with. And after baseball finished back in, you know, early July, after he got done with all stars and all that stuff like that, the last few weeks, he's been kind of going nuts because, you know, I'm working 16 hours a day, you know what I mean? And his old, of course, his older sister is not going to hang, you know, doesn't want to hang out with them, right? When you're 17, I mean, were you wanting to hang out with your 10 year old sibling? No, I know. I, I, I didn't want, I mean, I didn't, my, my, my brother was only a year and a half younger than me. And I was like, I don't want to hang out with you, let alone seven years. So yeah. he's going nuts. He can't wait to go back to school and see his friends. I mean, he doesn't want to do none of the school work, but he wants to see his friends. So yeah. Um, hopefully I, I, I should, I, I guess I should look into when he goes back. Cause I don't even know. <laughs> it might've started this week and I don't even know it. So I better <laughs> look into it. <laughs> but, funny. but yeah. anyways, yeah. It's uh wild. So, but yeah, we got a ton of stuff to cover today. Uh, really big news, obviously in NASCAR. 
We had the race at Richmond. Uh, dirt track recap we got today. Unfortunately, Mother Nature struck once again at Tri-State. And so we got to cover that. Plus, we had the uh, Empire State. What was that? Empire State Challenge or whatever they call it at Weed Sport. And uh, then what? this weekend, we got... a. Uh, the USA Nationals and the late models kicked off last night. Night one was last night. And then tonight and tomorrow, we've got the Ironman 55 uh, at Peavely. So a lot of racing to cover. Um, big, big news. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to all of it. But before we dive into our hit or miss portion of the show, I've got to, I, I got to get something off my chest. Because when the... Results for the Hall of Fame came out this last, you know, yesterday. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and I saw the percentages of it. It really pissed me off. Okay. And let me explain what I mean. In... Baseball, for example, right? Baseball is one of those sports that's very historical. Stats matter. Numbers matter. And tradition matters, right? Especially to the Baseball Writers Association of America. They're very, very stuck in their ways. Um, if you look at the... players who have been voted in in baseball and the percentages that they got in terms of, right, like how many people voted for them, how many people didn't. Um, it's insane that we've only had one person, one player who has been a unanimous Hall of Famer in Major League Baseball. That one player was Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera was without a doubt the most dominant closer we've ever seen. The dude threw one pitch, you knew it was coming, and you could not do anything with it. The only time the man looked human there was actually two it two times that he looked human. Once was against the Arizona Diamondbacks back in, I believe it was 2001. He got hit and the Diamondbacks ended up winning the World Series, right? The other time was against the Red Sox in that famous series where the Red Sox came back from being down 3-0 in the series. Rivera came in a couple of times. He was on little to no rest, was pitching way more than he had ever pitched in terms of closing out games, was asked to do two inning saves on these different things. And he got knocked around a little bit. And th that was it. Th those two, and keep in mind, he got knocked around by what was probably the best lineup in baseball, right? You can make the argument that it was the best lineup in baseball at that time. Every person on that Red Sox lineup could hit. I mean, it was insane. And they could hit with power. But that guy is the only unanimous inductee in the, in the Hall of Fame in Major League Baseball. 
To me, when it comes to the Hall of Fame in any sport, it's very, very simple. The way that we complicate things, the way that we do stuff is idiotic. It's moronic. Now, I understand that you can't have, right, if they, if they want to, if they want to frame it this way, I understand that you can't have years where you've got 12 people going into the Hall of Fame and then the next year only two because of eligibility. I get that. So I understand, hey, look, we can only have X and X number of people on right this year each each time. Therefore, those that get on and those that don't, those that don't will be moved to the ballot next year as long as they meet certain criteria and can try again. I understand that. I'm fine with that, right? Like I said, you can't have, you know, 10 people one year and the next year it's it's only two people because you only had two people eligible. So I understand that. But to me, it's very simple. It's black and white. You were either a Hall of Famer or you were not. Period. There's no other discussion. It's not, hey, this guy should make the Hall of Fame this year because, well, his competition's not very good. That is a stupid argument. You're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. Mariano Rivera in baseball, Hall of Famer, right? Period. End of discussion. Babe Ruth, Hall of Famer. Derek Jeter, Hall of Famer, right? Like, you just go down the list. Now, you want to, with baseball, get into the whole steroids and all that stuff like that. Then you can open up the discussion. But in terms of their voting, they're Hall of Famers or not, right? That That's all there is to it. And this idea that these these nerds have, right, with this whole the whole baseball writers of Association of America, this whole thing where they where some jackass thinks like, well, I'm not going to vote for this guy because I don't think that anybody should just be a unanimous vote is stupid. And these guys who think that they can just like wield some power that they have just because of what they think is right drives me nuts. And we just saw this with the NASCAR Hall of Fame. To the people who did not vote for Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss, you are absolute morons. You are idiots. You're jackasses. You should not be allowed to vote. That's all there is to it. I don't care if you're like, oh, well, you know, actually, I thought that Harry Gant and Ricky Rudd should get on. But okay, great. That's fine. Vote for him next year. You cannot make an argument that any of those guys, Carl Edwards, Ricky Rudd, and Harry Gant, even if you took their careers and combined them, it does not equal a fraction of what Jimmy Johnson does. And you guys... I'm not a Jimmy Johnson fan. I was not running around with a Lowe's 48 shirt on when the dude was racing. Okay? I, I was not a Jimmy Johnson fan. I respected the hell out of what he did because what he and Knauss did was it'll never be duplicated. It'll never happen again. I feel confident that when I'm on my deathbed, right, someone's not going to come to me and say, hey, remember how you said no one would ever repeat what Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss did? Well, they just did. Right? I, I, don't, I don't think it'll ever happen again. They continuously changed the championship format, the, the point system, because of Jimmy Johnson. And the dude kept winning. They made changes to the car. It did not matter. Chad Knauss figured it out. They were the most dominant tandem we've ever seen. Think about that. That we've ever seen. Dale Earnhardt was my man. That was my man. That was my hero when I was a little kid. The first time I saw Dale Earnhardt drive, I was I was I was I was a fan, right? 
I talk about being a big Harry Gant fan. I was a huge Harry Gant fan. Being a little kid, watching them races on what used to be called, you know, TNN, the Nashville Network, right? Watching Harry Gant slide the car around on the high side was, I used to love that, man. I loved it, right? It was amazing. Harry Bant and Harry Gant and the Skull Bandit car, loved it, right? But Dale Earnhardt was my man. You could take Dale Earnhardt's career, what he did, with Petrie, what he did, right, with every crew chief the man had, and it does not equal what Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss did, right? It, it doesn't. And to me, to me, and obviously this is subjective, it's my opinion, I think Earnhardt's the GOAT. But if you think Jimmy Johnson is, you cannot argue against that. And I can tell you right now that if I'm being honest with myself, I'd be like, oh, God damn it, it's probably Jimmy Johnson. All right. If you look at the competition, you look at what was going on during his era, who he was racing against, and what they were doing, it's it's not even it, it's it's there's no question that every single voter to a man or woman, should have just checked the box next to Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss. That, to me, is the definition of a power-tripping moron who thinks that they have some kind of power with their vote and they're going to take some stance or make a point. I've seen people out there be like, well, it's not that big a deal. They still got into the Hall of Fame. No, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's 100% a big deal. It matters. Because like I said, you are either a Hall of Famer or you are not. It's that simple. And for Jimmy Johnson to not be unanimous, I think it is... I. Th- it's a crime, man. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand how somebody can do that with the how you can make that case that argument and say oh no seven time champion won five straight right tied Earnhardt and Petty for championship did something that we thought that we never thought was possible right Chad Canals revolutionized that that job as crew chief, right? Took it, did what we thought nobody could do, right? I talked about Everham and Gordon. I mean, they're one of the greatest what ifs in all of NASCAR. Had they stayed together, what could we have seen them accomplish? Well, guess what? Canals and Johnson did it. And they did it. And you've got this. It's, it's not like Jimmy Johnson got, it's not like only one person didn't vote for him. There's like 55 voters. He got 93%. That means that there was a handful of people who didn't vote for him. That would Chad can Chad Knauss got 81%. That means that there's like a dozen voters who do not think Chad Knauss is a Hall of Famer. Folks, if Chad Knauss is not a Hall of Famer as a crew chief, can you please tell me who is? Who is? Kirk Shelmerdine loved him. Right, got started the whole Dale Earnhardt. You know, was there for the beginning of it. I mean, you know what I mean. I was what really took off. Got Earnhardt's career going. I mean, that was that was the pairing. 
And as much as I love Kirk Shelmerdine, Kirk Shelmerdine is not on the level of Chad Canals. He's just not. So for you voters out there who thought it was a good idea to not vote for literally the the greatest crew chief in the history of NASCAR, both knowledge, resume, stats, how, innovation, however you want to say it. And then also the driver who literally, you can make the argument, is the greatest to ever sit behind the wheel of a NASCAR Cup car in the modern area. For those of you who did not vote for them, just shame on you. I don't... How do you look yourself in the mirror and be like, oh yeah, that's the right decision? Because that's a clown move. Keith, what are your thoughts on this? I just... I don't understand how somebody suit and tie every day, sit behind a desk and probably has never watched a NASCAR race can have even have a vote. I, right? Like I, just, I don't get it, man. It makes no sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. When, when you have a guy that broke the records that he broke, not only him, but his crew chief, and you vote no. Yeah. It makes I, you wonder. It really makes you wonder. Yeah, I don't get it. You know, and I've heard different arguments like, well, you know, people thought that, you know, it, Carl Edwards should get on or okay great folks there there is nobody right that you cannot make the argument like I said you could take Rudd Gant and Edwards and combine their careers it does not equal a fraction of what Jimmy Johnson did absolutely not it does anybody anybody with a sense common sense within racing knows that Jimmy Johnson has accomplished a hell of a lot more than Carl Edwards and I'm going to be brutally honest, if Carl Edwards doesn't get in and say him and Denny Hamlin's on the ballot, I think Denny still has the edge over Carl without a championship. Yes. Yep. I mean, it's just, the whole voting system's stupid. It's, it's dumb, because when you look at, when you look at what they... It just pisses me off, man. Right? Like, Dale Earnhardt Jr., right, when he got in in 2021, okay? Dale Earnhardt Jr. had an amazing career by all, you know, he didn't win a championship. You can make the argument that 06 was the year that he could have, that he, that he should have won the championship. Obviously, there was the penalty for what he said after Talladega and, you know, all this other stupid stuff, whatever. But bottom line is he didn't win a championship. He won two Bush Series championships back to back. He had a great career, won the Daytona 500 twice, right? Had, you know, a bunch of wins. Obviously, you can look at it from the ambassador part of the sport and like the figurehead of the sport where he was what most popular driver like like a dozen years, 15 years or something like that. Um, you know, great career, right? Matt Kenseth, another one. Great career, okay? Was the champion, right? Like, always competitive, okay? Those guys are Hall of Famers, right? They're Hall of Famers, okay? Jimmy Johnson, okay? If you took Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s career and Matt Kenseth's career, if you took 
both of them, combined it into one, and then doubled it, it does not come close to what Jimmy Johnson did. It doesn't come close. So I don't even understand how this is possible, other than the fact that it is like what I said at the beginning. It's some jackass thinking that he has some kind of power and control and is going to either make some statement or preserve some ridiculous, you know, historical, well, nobody should be, it's, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. And to me, if there was ever a litmus test as to whether or not you should be a Hall of Fame voter, it was this year with Knauson Johnson. Because if you didn't vote for him, like I said before, you're a clown. Today's episode is brought to you by Produxa. Look, you guys, when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces, you pretty much have two options. You can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there. Uh, you know, do the old school, like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've personally used this stuff, and it works incredible, man. Whether it's their ceramic coating, their wash, their tire shine, and it not only looks great, but it's super easy to use. I mean, my 10-year-old son was helping me use this stuff, and we used it on my daughter's car, and the car literally looked new. And my daughter's 17, so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it. So if you want to actually give your car a mirror-like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, Keith, you ready for hit or miss? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So continuing with our hall of fame, uh, talk, I mentioned their names already. Ricky Rudd, Harry Gant, and Carl Edwards did not make the cut this year, but Keith, at least one of those three next year will hit or miss the mark. I think it hits the mark. Um, I would see one of them getting in next year, depending on who else is added to the ballot, whether Kevin Harvick makes the cut next year or the year after. But I, I, I think, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. I think it's a possibility. Um, you know, when we when you look at the Hall of Fame for NASCAR, it's so it's so tough because um there's really like I said, it can be really subjective, right? Because it's not just the NASCAR Cup Series Hall of Fame, right? It's the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And so you start talking about what these guys did and, you know, like in Harry Gant's time, right? For example, the Sportsman Series, which we now call the Xfinity Series. You start looking at what he did in that series and in the Cup Series, right? He obviously, you know, didn't start, you know, didn't even get up to the the top level. I mean, he was like, what, 60 or something? Like, I mean, he was obviously a very late bloomer. But, you know, you look at his situation or you look at like Ricky Rudd, right? Ricky Rudd, very good driver, had that streak of, you know, at least one victory per season for what was it, 18 years? I mean, some ridiculous number. Um, Carl Edwards, right? Incredible driver. Obviously, literally walked away in the prime of his career. Right. So, I mean, he's basically a what if story. 
So you can make the case for any any one of those three. Um, I do think they will get in because of how the Hall of Fame is set up, right? Where essentially you can just stay on the ballot if you don't, you know. So it's your competition is changing, and you know for those three, I do think eventually, I. I do think all three of them will eventually get in. I just don't know if it'll be next year. I, I imagine at least one of them will be next year just because, and like you said, we don't know who else is going to be eligible and stuff like that. I guess I could do some research and look. I just don't feel like doing that. But I do think at least one of them will get in next year. So yeah, hits the mark. All right, moving on. Janet Guthrie's selection for the Landmark Award for Outstanding Contributions to NASCAR is well-deserved of... She is well-deserved of it. Hit or miss the mark. God, I got tongue-tied there. Did you even hear about this one, Keith? I did not. Okay. So for those of you guys who don't know who Janet Guthrie... Janet Guthrie, is, she's a female driver. She was running... This was back... Oh, man. She was running... I mean, this was... Old. She was running... She raced back in those days against, like, Richard Petty, Daryl Waltrip. Um, you know, when she was trying to qualify for the Indy 500 and she was running against, you know, Mario Andretti and AJ Foyt and stuff like that. If you don't know who Janet Guthrie is, what I would recommend for those of you who have access to ESP, either whether it's ESPN plus or Hulu, go to the 30 for 30 documentary that is called qualified. It is about Janet Guthrie. This woman was really incredible. Like she, I mean, she used to work on the car, set it up, build the motors. I mean, she did all kinds of stuff and she was fast and she ran in NASCAR and in Indy and was good. And unfortunately, even though she broke down some walls and barriers back then, it was still very, very hard for a woman to make it in a sport like that, right? Like we talk about how hard it is for women today in the world that we live in. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I mean, it was almost impossible, right? The idea of a woman being in quote unquote, a man's sport, you know what I mean? So what she did really was incredible. I think it's awesome that she's getting it because she was not a, this is not some woman who's just getting an award, right? Because she's a woman, like she legit, she could drive. She could legit drive. She was a she was a race car driver. So yeah, if you haven't watched that, go check it out because it's definitely worth watching. Um, I I've seen it. I actually watched it more than once. It's really really good. And she was she's a great story. So yeah. All right. Well, I didn't know. I didn't realize you didn't know who she was. So anyways, let's move on then. Um, <laughs> next one. NASCAR's problems at Richmond goes beyond the car and it is actually a problem with the track hit or miss the mark oh i i think that that definitely misses the mark i think it's definitely a, a car engine combo type of situation i wouldn't blame the track i i get it the track surface is old yeah i uh i think the track is culpable i think the track contributes i don't think the track is the problem um, now I will, you know, Jordan Bianchi made this point. He's like, look, man, no matter what's racing there, it sucks. I, and I, I can see that, right? I mean, even, 
you know, you got modified races there where you're like, this is kind of follow the leader and not very good. So like, I get that. Um, you know, Richmond has never, it's not like Richmond has ever really been this amazing race. You know, like we had a few years there, you know, a while back where it was like, oh, this is pretty good. But for the most part, um, you know, it's, it's not like it's ever been this like nail biting edge of your seat, exciting race. It's a very difficult track. It's a very technical track. Uh, but I don't think that's the biggest problem. Um, you know, the configuration of the track is obviously unique. It's wide for a short track. It does get very narrow, especially when you talk about the exit of turn two, right? I mean, it's essentially one groove. I guess maybe you could say it's two, but I mean, if, if you're, if you're side by side with somebody, you better be damn close because someone, otherwise someone's going to end up in the wall, right? That wall comes up really, really fast. So I think the track is culpable, but I don't think the track is the problem. All right. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, speaking of the problem, NASCAR's new splitter design and the test of that design, along with the test where they remo removed the rear diffuser, performed poorly. So NASCAR needs to just up the horsepower to 750 and be freaking done with it. Hit or miss the mark. I think we've been beating this drum yes. all season. Yes. Actually, last two. Yep. We'll go with the last two. Yeah, it, it hits the mark. Give these guys high horsepower, please. When when you can't spin the tires and truly lay down rubber, not dust, and you can see the tire marks when they get loose or or even coming off the corner. Just give him high horsepower. I mean, how many how many more times do we got to beat this drum? I mean, we've seen yeah. Kevin Harvick beat the drum. We've seen multiple. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And, and we've had engine builders come out and say, we can do it. It won't be that hard. We yeah. Can do it this year. Yep. Let's yeah. freaking do it. If it's going to make it better, let's do it. If not, this upcoming next short track, what, at Martinsville, is going to be terrible. Yeah, we're not going to have any. The short track racing is going to suck. As long as we've got this package, that's all there is to it. There's no fixing it. Everybody's talking about how, oh, well, you know, we need to, we need to fix the problem with shifting. We need to fix the problem with this. We need to fix the problem with that. You know how you fix those problems? It's really simple. You increase the horsepower and the torque of the motor. Here's the deal. If you can rev a motor to 9,500 RPMs and you have something that has both the torque to pull that gear out of the corner and then the horsepower to reach the speed at the end of the straightaway, you have solved your problem. When you have 670 horsepower with these cars that have insane levels of grip on tires that are much wider than what we've had before and obviously are much more durable and then you cap the RPM range at 9,000, it's no wonder why they're shifting. I am not an engineer and I've got this figured out. How is it that the smartest people in NASCAR can't figure this shit out? What is it that they are so just tied to this horsepower? Oh, oh, well, we want it to be lower so we can attract new manufacturers. Who are these new manufacturers? Where are they coming from? Somebody please tell me. Who's knocking down the door to get into NASCAR? No, they're not doing it. Well, the Dodge, they, they thought they're not coming. They're not coming. Right. When 
They they came back years ago. They left again. Stop fucking talking about Dodge, man. I'm so sick of hearing about Dodge potentially coming back. Until they come back, then shut up about it, right? Until we actually get some other manufacturer who comes out and says, hey, look, here's the deal. If this horsepower goes above 670, we ain't coming to NASCAR unless a manufacturer says that and then states on a contract that, hey, we will be here by this date. Fine. If that happens, leave it at 670. But that ain't happening. That's not happening. So get off this freaking bullshit. The last time we had good short track racing in NASCAR, what did they have? They had a low downforce package with 750 horsepower. When did we have the shitty mile and a half racing? When we had the high downforce 550 horsepower package. Now, what have we seen happen? We've seen a complete reverse of the racing. Intermediate tracks, speedways, amazing. Short tracks, road courses, blow. And what do we have? We have this package with 670 horsepower. And if you look at the grip levels and the arrow and everything else that goes into it, you essentially have created what we had before on that high downforce, low, low horsepower package. That's what you've created. The numbers might not line up in terms of horsepower 550, right? It might not be that, but when you look at it in the totality of circumstance, that's what you've created. And what we have right now is just follow the short track racing, right? Is what NASCAR was built on. And it should not be follow the leader. It shouldn't be. And my problem is, is how do we have more horsepower in a truck and an Xfinity car than the highest form of motorsports in NASCAR? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know what I mean? Could you imagine Max Verstappen being like, dude, I really missed the F2 cars because they were faster than F1. No, that wouldn't happen. So why are we doing that in NASCAR? It makes zero sense. Zero. I don't get... We have talked about this so many times. I'm actually tired of talking about it. I really am. That's why I'm so pissed right now because I don't understand how these people in NASCAR, they've got... they've finally got this resurgence man they finally have hit on something with this car where there's something to build off of and for whatever reason they are tied to the 670 horsepower number like it's a freaking ship anchor and it makes no sense because it's not doing anything it's not doug yates has come out and said man we can get the 750 like really easy right like he has said that so do it Even if you're like, hey, look, man, we're going to do it next year. Do it. That will give the teams plenty of time to get their parts ready. 670 to 750 is not that big a jump in terms of durability and issues and stuff like that. It's it's not. Okay? It really isn't. So don't give me this shit about, oh, well, we got to... Stop. Stop, man. Stop. Because it's getting ridiculous, dude. And we're going to go, right, at the end of the year, we're going to go to Phoenix to decide the champion. The final four is going to be there. And I'm really concerned that after the race is over, we're going to be talking about the bullshit package that's on this car and why it was a a horrible race for the championship as opposed to talking about the champion. And that's what I don't want to see. Okay? I don't want the champion to be decided by whoever can get out in clean air first. That's 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 not a championship, man. It's not a championship. So I concur. Yeah. So I just do it, man, and be done with it. God dang it. All right, moving on. 
Ford has won the last eight straight races at Michigan, and they will win their ninth this weekend. Hit or miss the mark? I'm going to say it hits the mark just because simple Horse. fact Kevin Harvick's still gonna... with Ford. <laughs> <laughs> he won the last race there. Ford's actually been really good there the last, well, yeah, last eight races. The last yeah, eight I races mean, they've won, yeah. I mean, and, and I think it continues. Whether it's Kevin Harvick, probably not. We don't know. But yeah, I but you look at the Penske be... cars, Blaney, oh, Logano. Dude, I mean, yeah. You know. I mean, even RFK as late mm-hmm. have been really fast. I just, yep. I wouldn't count them out. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Will Toyota I'm with you. give them a? But will Toyota give a hell of a fight? I think it'll come down between Toyota and Ford, but I think Ford will pull it off. I do too. I think um, it's gonna be. I I think it's gonna be a really good race. But I'm with you. I think Toyota's gonna be fast this weekend. Um, you know. I'm actually really looking forward to the race at Michigan. Michigan is, it's going to be a great race. It, watch. It'll be a great race. Multiple grooves. You can get out. You can be battling with somebody and still get clean air because you have multiple grooves, right? It's fast. The draft comes into effect, right? Like there's all these different factors and it's usually a good race. And with this car, we've seen that the intermediate tracks have been incredible. So, um, I think it's gonna. I think Toyota is definitely gonna be a challenge this week. I'm actually looking. I think the, uh, for whatever reason, I've got this feeling that the 2311 cars are gonna be super fast this weekend. I don't know why I feel that way. I could be 100 wrong, but I I really do I, think that they're gonna be two of the cars to beat. I so, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I just really do. I, I mean, don't know why I've got that feeling, man. You know, I know you know Bubba won at you know. Obviously, when you start looking at Vegas and Kansas and all these other tracks, you know, uh, what, what he went at Vegas. Was it Vegas last year that he won at? I think it was Vegas that he won at. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously smaller than Michigan, but it, when we talk about the racing, it races similar. Where, like I said, we've got multiple grooves. There's a You can run up on the wall. You can run down towards the bottom. You can run right through the middle. The draft comes into effect and stuff like that. Um, he's always done good at those types of tracks. Uh, and so, you know, I think he is going to have a really good weekend this weekend. And then Tyler Reddick, I just, the, the guy's insane, his talent level and stuff like that. And he's had glimpses where he has shown incredible speed. So yeah, I, I, I think the chances of Ford having a, another win is good because like we said, not just Harvick, but also when you look at Blaney, Logano, like those guys do really well at this track too at these types of tracks too. So I'm looking forward to it. I think Michigan's going to be an awesome race, man. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I know it's going to be a lot better than Richmond was last week. So, all right, that is going to do it for our hit or miss portion of the show. But when we get back from the break, we are going to be taking a look at our results from the NASCAR Pick'em. Woohoo! I actually won. And we'll be doing our dirt track recap and to close it out, we've got an ask three wide question, which is really, really interesting discussion. So stick around. All right. So it is now time for our NASCAR pick'em results. Keith, who did you have last week? Young money. And he failed me. <laughs> yes. I had Keselowski and he did me, did me good. Uh, I think Keselowski finished was it fifth or sixth? He finished sixth. Yeah. Uh, Larson had a rough, a rough go of it. Um, it was funny because 
Larson and Byron did not do well. Um, neither did Bowman. You know, uh, in fact, Chase Elliott was the only Hendrick car that finished in the top fifteen. Um, Larson finished nineteenth. Byron was twenty first. Bowman was eighteenth. So, yeah, uh, hats off to Chris Busch for getting the win there over Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. Uh, hats off also to Ryan Priest for the top five. Um, man, they. Stuart Haas desperately needed last weekend's race. When you look at Priest in fifth, Almarola eighth, Harvick tenth, and Briscoe fourteenth, um, that's that's huge for them because they have not had many results like that um, this year. So, yeah, hats off to those guys. So I got the win last week. Um, I'm still getting my ass kicked by 25 points, so I'm gonna need. I can't even I can't even come back. So, uh, anyways, we've got Michigan this week. Who am I going to pick? Let me first look at who I haven't picked so far. Up, oh, I know who I'm picking. All right, I'm going to pick Joey Logano. God damn it! <laughs> That's my guy. Got to go with the Ford. I got to go back to the drawing board. Stole my pick. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I'm going to go chase Briscoe. Um, that is not a bad pick, man. Uh, I do think that, I mean, obviously we're going the Ford route, but I know last weekend at Richmond and, you know, they're obviously the strategy and all that stuff that came into play and, and, and whatnot. But, um, Briscoe had a pretty good weekend last weekend. Uh, and this is one of those tracks where, like we talked about, the Ford seemed to really shine. So I think it's an opportunity for for him to have a a good race at Michigan. So I've got Joey Logano. You have got Chase Briscoe. And hopefully I can uh, try to narrow the gap there before, before the playoffs come. All right. So... Time for our dirt track recap. Now, unfortunately, Mother Nature struck again. Tri-State got rained out, which was the last night of Indiana Sprint Week. Um, this was kind of a bummer just because we had a we had a really tight battle for the Sprint Week championship um, coming down to the line with Brady Bacon, who ended up winning it, and Justin Grant. Uh, Obviously, Keith and I both picked Justin Grant to do it, and he came out on fire, which was actually kind of insane that he had won three out of the first five races, and Brady Bacon was winning the points. It was kind of nuts. It was like, damn, the old macho man's been really consistent here, but he got the got the win for the Sprint Week Championship. Um, you know, I, who knows? You know. I heard one person be like, oh, well, Justin Grant would have got him if it wasn't rained out. Who knows? You, you don't know. that. Nobody knows that, right? Like, that's, that's a what if. But, uh, yeah, Bacon got the got the win for the sprint week. Uh, they got, Keith, what, what are they? They're, like, off a month now, right? The USAC sprints are yeah, off a month. Yeah, they're off till crap. They're off, off till August. SmackDown, I think which is at the end of August. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. August 24th, they'll be back in action. So yep. yeah, you might as well say a month. Yeah. So off for the next three plus weeks, um, they'll be back for Kokomo SmackDown, which is awesome. I, 
love SmackDown. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. You know, we just um so one of the things that I was talking to uh essentially who is my number two in the online business, uh the SSR, you know, my sim racing content business, stuff like that, Bruce, and then also the guy who manages the race team for the business the SSR elite team, um, Brandon. So I was talking to them and we were trying to figure out ideas to like perks for the guys on the race team. Right. Because I can't, I can't just pay drivers. You know what I mean? Like I can't just pay sim racers, you know, it's not like I'm going to just start paying them a contract. Um, we have like bonuses and things that they can do and earn, but it was like, we got to come, you know, come up with an idea for, uh, something that these guys can just like a perk right and brandon came up with the idea he was like what if we get a package right a dirt vision and flow racing subscription for the team i was like that's a good idea so i did that so um obviously it's not just for the team i've been using the hell of it myself and (laughs) i cannot wait to watch smackdown um on it because yeah you know, there's been a lot of a lot of races that I have to go back and watch, or I have to watch the highlights, or I have to try to find like a pirated version of it. You know what I mean? Like somebody streamed it on their channel that wasn't supposed to. I got to try to catch it before it got taken down. So now it's a lot better. I can I know I can just click on it and, and watch it when it's happening. So I'm really looking forward to SmackDown because, like I said, that's one of my favorite races of the year. And it's at one of the best racetracks in Indiana. It is. It and I'll is. argue in the country. I mean, it puts on good non-wing races. I've never seen a bad midget race there. It's a damn shame that the Outlaws don't go there because that high limit race there this past week was freaking yep. awesome. Yep. Yep. Good transition. Yeah. The high limit race at Kokomo was incredible. And I'm with you. I think the Outlaws should go there. To me, Kokomo, when you look at Kokomo in terms of, you know, what we call bull rings, right? Quarter mile tracks. I think Kokomo is incredible. I really do. It is such a unique racetrack, the way that it is. Like when you look at the the grooves that you can run there, the way that the track develops, how you can see these guys right on the bottom and then right up on the wall. And it doesn't matter, like you said, whether it's USAC sprints, midgets, or wing sprints in the case of the high limit race and the high limit race was incredible it was absolutely incredible that was one of the best wing races i've seen this year it was really really good hands down yeah i mean i I gotta i gotta say it was hands down other than the the million yeah the million was the millions in its own category yeah yeah, it's in its own category but yeah i'm with you the high limit race I, i i yeah i would say that if i had to do a top you know, top five list of the best sprint car races I've watched this year. Uh, that high limit show at Kokomo is probably in the top three. I would definitely say that because it was incredible, man. And uh, hats off to Justin Peck for the win. Um, he had his, he had an awesome run. I got to give a shout out. We've talked about him before. I got to shout out Corey day. I've been talking about him telling you guys who don't know about Corey day, that the kids coming and you're going to, you're going to see something really, really, He's incredible. That was his first time ever at Kokomo. He's 16. And he hopped in that 7BC car, won the dash, 
put a move on Larson that was, if you did not see the dash in the high limit show, go just go back and watch that. And took him to school. <laughs> it was incredible. Absolutely incredible, man. I could, I, I could not believe that's what I was telling you guys about that other drivers out here on the West coast say about Corey day that, they, that drives them nuts. They're like, he makes you make mistakes, which is insane to think about. Right. The, the move he put on Kyle Larson was a move. You'd see a vet like Brad sweet pull. Yes. Or Rico Abreu or, or anybody that's been in sprint car racing for, I'm going to say eight plus years. Yeah. That has the big time knowledge of the move that Corey Day pulled. Because after me and you talked on the podcast about Corey mm-hmm. Day, I paid attention to him in that dash and his heat race. And he's a gym. He and is, man. He is. I think he's going to open up some eyes in the rest of these high, high limit races. And I think some big time doors are going to eventually open for that young man. Yeah, I think so too. And um, I. You know, I was happy to see that he's going to be running the Knoxville Nationals. Um, now he's going to be running in the car that he runs out here. But you know, the I was talking to my buddy Kyle yesterday about this, and I've talked about Kyle before. Uh, Kyle, you know, races every weekend. He's a car owner, runs runs against Corey Day all the time, right? And um, knows Corey Day and stuff. And we were talking about it, and I had made the comment. I was like, "Well, I was." I said, I wish Corey Day could be running the Knoxville Nationals in that 7BC car. And Kyle's like, well, he goes that he goes, his 14 car is is just as good, if not better. I was like, really? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, Jason Myers is the car owner. He goes, they, he goes, they have the top of the line of everything. He goes, that car is he goes, that's an outlaw level ride. Now, it's let like, me ask okay. you this. Is that the Jason Myers that ran before yeah world of outlaws jason myers yes okay yeah, yeah. he's in a, a damn good car then <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 plus you know his dad ronnie day who is a you know california legend and also legitimate out you know ran with the outlaws and stuff like that um is incredible too i mean right like that's who he's got you know calling the shots crew chief in the car so the the kids got it he's got the plate is is all set you know um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in the Knoxville nationals. I, I would not be shocked if he makes the feature. Now, obviously the Knoxville nationals, it's very, very stout. I was pretty, um, I was actually really amazed at the number of guys who were going to be doing double duty at Knoxville, meaning running the 360 nationals and the 410 nationals. There's a lot of guys doing that. Rico's going to be doing that bunch of them. So, um, obviously, you know, people are trying to get as much seat time as they can. Cause that is the million was the million. Right. But when you talk about the crown jewel race of the outlaws, right. The millions, obviously we don't know if it'll happen again, but in terms of each year, right. When we look at like crown jewels, you've got Kings Royal, Knoxville Nationals, right? They, those two are the top. And I think it's going to be an incredible race. I mean, there's already, I think, over a hundred cars registered. So yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm anxious to see if Corey Day can hold his own against those guys because yeah, he's got the kid's got talent, man. 
And he's only going to get better. He's only 16. Yeah. And that's the scary part. Yeah. That, that's nuts. the fearful part. That, yep. Dude, he's going to be, I think he's going to be pretty stout. Yeah. And, and for those of you that don't know, the, the Knoxville Nationals, I'm going to say, is the Daytona 500. Yes, it is. Dirt sprint car racing. Or, or even dirt racing in general. I mean, this is bigger than the Chili Bowl to me, in my opinion. It's more prestigious. And, oh, yeah. And look at the names that are on the list of winners, previous winners. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely wouldn't count Corey Day out. I could see him transferring in. And if he does, dude, I think he'll have a good shot at winning the damn thing. I'm pulling for him. I that would I would love to see that. I would love but to I, see it. I gotta be biased here. I gotta pull for my old buddy Chase Randall. He'll be running in it. I think he's running in the three sixty nationals also. And he's another young guy. I think he's about the same age as Corey Day. It may be a year older. And he's just as good. He's yeah. he's phenomenal. Yep. Yep. I've heard of him. Seen a couple of his clips and stuff like that. Yeah, he is good. There's some good young talent coming up, man. All right, oh, moving yeah. on. Moving on with the sprint cars outlaws. David Gravel got the win at Weed Sport in the Empire State Challenge and has opened up an eight point lead on Brad Sweet for the championship. Uh, Outlaw is going to be heading to Peevely tonight. We've got the Iron Man. Night one is tonight. The Iron Man 55 is tomorrow. Keith, who do you got for the Iron Man? Who do you think is going to win the Iron Man 55? Oh, man. I'm going to go with uh, the hot hand, Logan Shuhart. Dude, definitely wouldn't surprise me. That's another guy. When he's on, he's on. He really is. I had to go against my gut. I wanted to say Sheldon, but... I'd I'd rather not be let down. Yeah, you know. Oof. Give me Brad Sweet, man. I think Brad Sweet's going to do it. I like it. Yeah, I think Brad Sweet's going to do it. I, you know, he'd been right there. I got to tell you, David Gravel, this is hands down. Um, His best season yeah, by far. Yeah, to me, and I hate to say this, but. To me, if he doesn't win the championship this year with the season that he's put together so far, I don't think he will win a championship. I, 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 I don't. I think if he doesn't win it this year, it'll be a major letdown. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is, in my opinion, yeah, I get eight points is eight points, but it's his championship to lose. I mean, if you look just at the stats, he's had a more if not a better of a consistent season than Brad Sweet, than Macedo. Oh, yeah. I mean, the list goes on. I mean. Yeah. You could look at his, you could look at his season. And if you, if you stop now and keep in mind, we're only about halfway. We got like 30 more races to go or something like that. There's a lot more to go still. But if you just took his season that he's had just now, and put it up against a full season of some of the best drivers over the past few years, you would take his season. He's got 10 wins, 33 top fives, 39 top tens. That's incredible. Even Brad Sweet, who's having a good year, right? Brad Sweet missed a feature, right? Like he's missed an A main this year. Think about that. Like that, that doesn't happen very often, 
right? When you are the defending champion and you are missing the feature. So, you know, and Sweet's got six wins. He's got 25 top fives, right? He's had a good year. He's only eight points back. So when you actually look at it, all things considering for Sweet to be within eight points, it's it's pretty incredible when you look at the year that Gravel has had and, you know, he's only eight points ahead. Because normally, any... I mean, if you look at most other years, if if Gravel was having this season, he'd be about a hundred points ahead, right? He would be dominating. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, this is this is his shot. This is his chance to to win the championship, right? Like it, this is his time. And if he doesn't do it, uh, oof, man, it's gonna be um, yeah, it's gonna be tough because you know past seasons, I get it, he's been close when you look at the points, but he was never really in contention. You know what I mean? Like there was never any point during, you know, what last year, right? I mean, there was a small little window where it was like, damn dude, you know, gravel might have a shot at this, but then you actually look at it and you're like, oh, no, not really. Brad Sweet was having a pretty bad year and, you know, still won the championship, right? Like, uh, you know, this year it's been like, man, Gravel, dude, he's on it. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think it's his his championship to lose. And I hope for his sake and psyche he doesn't lose it. So, I, and, and keep in mind, I, 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 I want to see Brad Sweet win the championship. Um, but I would also, I really would like to see David Gravel win a championship. I think one of the greatest, I think one of the saddest things to me for all athletes is when you have these guys that are great, right? Like you start, you start putting them up there in the all, you, you could start putting them, them up there in the all time greats, right? Or the all time, you know, talents. Um, in terms of uh, whether it's just skill or whatever, right? And you look at someone like a, you know, we talked about, you know, Jack Hoddenshield, right? One of my favorite drivers. 72 wins. You look at some of the wins that he had on the Outlaw Tour. Incredible. He never won a championship, right? Like that, that sucks. That absolutely sucks that Jack Hodgeshield never won a championship. I don't want to see David Gravel fall into that um, category where it's like, hey, David Gravel was great, but he never won a championship, right? Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he gets it. Because yeah, I think it's sad when you see someone like Charles Barkley, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, doesn't have a ring. I just think it sucks. It's a disservice to their career. So it is now time for our Ask Three Wide portion of the show. So if you want to ask me and Keith a question, and it could be about racing or hell, anything for that matter, you can send us an email at Ask Three Wide. That's Ask the number three wide and that's all one word at gmail.com so keith you ready let's do it all right so this was from mark 
And uh, it's the reason why we didn't cover this topic earlier in the episode in Hit or Miss was because Mark had sent in this e- email. He said, Tommy Keith. <clears throat> Sorry, I had something in my throat real quick there. <laughs> Let me try that again. From Mark, he says, Tommy Keith, love the show. I wanted to ask you guys after the news that has come out about SVG, do you think he's making the right decision coming to NASCAR? Thanks, Mark. All right, Keith, I'll let you go first. What do you think? All right, we've got the news out that SVG, he's going to be running the truck race at IRP. He has stated that he wants to be running NASCAR, full-time NASCAR next year, 2024. So what do you think? I mean, I think so. I think he's making the right decision. I mean, what else can he accomplish over in V8 Supercars? Um, I mean, granted, yeah, I don't know much about his career. I know he's pretty established over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been very open about wanting to go NASCAR racing. Will he struggle? Of course. Of course he will. Will it be a big struggle? Don't know. I think we'll get a good test at irp granite yeah it's in the truck series and we all know how those races end up but i think he could also sh- shock and surprise a bunch of people yeah. these cars are eerily similar to v8 supercars and i don't think it'll take him long to get acclimated to the car and it blows me away that some of these big time voices within nascar are counting him out at Indy already. Yeah. I think he's going to surprise some people. I would not I would not bet against him, especially at a road course. Granted, yeah, I get it. It's not a street course that he's used to. The grip levels will be higher, but give this man some practice and I think he'll I think he'll be just fine. He's yes. a race car driver. Yes, and a damn good one. And folks, can we can we not act like the Indy road course is freaking Lamar? Okay, like like Let's let's pump the brakes here for a second. The dude can drive, all right, and he it's not going to take him much practice to get acclimated to the Indy Road Course. Not to mention they've got a sim; he can get in there and learn the track. I mean, Jesus, people are talking about it. They act like he's going to Daytona and running in the 500, right, with a blindfold on. It's like, give me a break. It's a free. It's Indy Road Course, okay. He's going to figure it out. Now, in terms of him coming to NASCAR, I was actually kind of shocked by this. Um, you know, he came out, he won the Chicago street court race, street course race. It was incredible. Uh, we had started hearing about him coming to NASCAR immediately following that. Um, I thought that there was a chance that he could come, but I thought it was going to be more gradual, meaning, I thought we would see him, you know, next year, maybe run a few road courses, right? Maybe there was a team out there saying, hey, we want to bring you in and have you run four road courses next year, right? We're we're, going to have you run the road course schedule. And then if they were wanting to actually get him into the NASCAR, you know, cup-sided things eventually, then they would say, hey, we're going to have you run a truck, these races, and an Xfinity, these races, right? Like, I thought there would be more gradual um, transition for him to come out and say this to me, if you look at it from the business professional side of things for him to do that, he's, he's got to have something lined up already, right? Because you're not going to give up 
um, the stability and security of what you have in terms of your your V8 supercar ride and, and all that stuff um, to come over here to some, you know, bottom level team that you don't know if they're going to be surviving in two or three seasons, right? Like he's got to have something already in the works for him to say that. I solely have a hunch. wonder if he's going to the 31. You know, I don't know. I, it's possible, you know, there it's, I don't know, man. It's so weird because, you know, when you start and I don't know it, if he's got, I don't even know what manufacturer he drives over there in Australia. I don't know if he has manufacturer ties that are going to carry over to here. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's got, if he's already got some kind of, I don't well, know. I just don't know. I know that he's got to have something in place though, for him to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming in 2024. Well, I know he's linked to track house because of the project 91. Yes. Well, Daniel Suarez and Ross, are both contractually tied up mm-hmm. for multiple years. Yep. Um, the Justin Haley stuff kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody's seen it coming. And right before that is when SVG finally came out and was like, I'm going cup racing next year. So I almost wonder if Matt Colleague didn't swoop in and say, hey, we'll give you the 31. His teammate will be AJ Allmendinger, who also race that type of race car that he's running now. Mm-hmm. So there'll be some familiarity there. I'm sure they're friends. They know each other, whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm basing this off a hunch. So people don't, don't murder me if it don't happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. I mean, when you think about it, what other teams really have open seats opening up next season? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we know Noah Gregson's probably moving on from Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, it sounds like they're pretty much done with him. Sounds like uh, John Hunter Nemechek's going there because of Toyota. Um, He's not going to the four. That seat's already filled. If the 10 opens up, Michael McDowell's the shoe in there. And Zane Smith will be the shoe in at the 34. It just makes sense that SVG would be in the 31 next season. I don't, I don't see another team that he would go to because yeah. like you, I don't see him going to, I hate to beat this team to death, but Rick Ware racing, or maybe he goes to Spire in the 77, but then Carson Hosevar is going cup racing also. I mean, the stars are aligning and I'm going off my hunch. I, I think he's going to be in the Chevy for colleague next season. And is it the right move for the team? Don't know till we see it, but I think they're getting a hell of a race car driver if it is. Well, and see, you have to you have to think about the mindset that these teams have now, right? And when you consider, it reminds me of a car owner that I used to work for back in the day with the with the midgets, Terry Caves, where his whole idea that he had with his team right he had these consistent full-time drivers and then he had this other car that he would essentially put people in and he was doing it pretty much for the owner's points of owner standings right and the way that he just looked at it was look i need someone in this car is going to win me races right and that's where we would get someone like a tony stewart would come in now i 
wasn't there when Tony Tony ran for Terry, but he had run for him before I got there, or Kenny Schrader, or Ronnie Day, or a you know whoever, right, a Shane Stewart, or whoever it was, right, and we got in that car. So when you look at it from the the Cup team perspective, with the way the the whole playoff system and everything works now, it's essentially win and you are in. You can make the case, right, that if you put and we'll just use the, the 31 car as an example here, but you could make the case with the number of road courses that we have on the schedule next year, that if you put SVG in that car, you've got a, a high probability of getting a win at one of those tracks and being in the playoffs. Once you're in the playoffs, then really anything can happen, right? It really can. Yes, you want to have... You, you know, you want to win the regular season championship and you want to score stage wins and regular wins so you can build up those playoff points because essentially, you know, you look at like Truex this year, right? Or like Chase Elliott, you know, previous year years where, you know, these guys have such incredible regular seasons that they're almost guaranteed to make it to at minimum the, the round of eight, if not the final four. So you obviously want that, but the, the main thing is just getting in, right? And how huge would it be for a team like Colleague to just get in? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, you look at like AJ Allmendinger, for example, right? No matter what road course we go to, I say we like I'm on NASCAR tour, <laughs> no matter what road course they go to, if you've got AJ Allmendinger behind the wheel, you've got a the odds are in your favor, right? A lot of things can happen. It's not a guaranteed victory, right? Like it used to be back in the day with the road course ringers where it was like, look, I got this guy. I'm Ron Fellows is in my car. Boris said's in my car. We're getting a top five this week. It's not, it's not like that anymore. But AJ Allmendinger is still, in terms of just road course racing, there's very few drivers that I would take over an AJ Allmendinger, all things being equal, right? There's very few drivers I would take over AJ. And right now, there's very few drivers that I would take over SVG because the, the, I think it, what he did at Chicago was incredible. If you want to see how good the dude is, I went and watched some of the V8 supercar clips and races like that. The dude is insane, right? When it comes to that type of racing, he's, he's incredible talent. So I understand it. Um, I get it from the team side. If there's a team out there wanting to bring him in, because to me, that would seem enticing. And look, man, we can't compete with the Hendricks or the Gibbs at these mile and a halfs, right? We can't compete with them there. But you know what? If we got a guy who is uber talented at these road courses, we might have a shot, right? And we, you know, it's not like it used to be where we've got Sears Point and Watkins Glen on the schedule, right? We've got what, five or six of these races now. So I, I can, I can see it happening. Um, you know, from his standpoint, when you've won that many championships and wins, right? I mean, he's basically like one of the one of the greats in terms of V8 supercars. I can see it to where it's like, hey, let me go try to have another challenge here. So I understand that. Um, I can see where he's coming from. You know, in terms of money, and so I I don't know what those guys earn over there. I don't. I have no idea what his money would. I don't know. But just in terms of competitive drive and wanting to to try something new, I can see it, and I definitely understand it. So, you know, if he makes the move, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, oval racing. I mean, obviously he's running IRP 
in the truck. I mean, we'll see how that goes. I mean, he could go out there and just wow us even more, right? Who knows? But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what transpires from all this because for him, like I said, for him to come out and say that, I don't think he would say that if he didn't already have something in place or at least something that looks like it's in place. Oh, and I completely agree. I mean, why would you come out and say that when you don't have a plan? Yeah. 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 I, you know, that would be like me showing up here next week and being like, all right, I'm moving to Idaho. Really? Do you have a house there? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. You got a job? Nope. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't have one of those. <laughs> yeah. Either. I mean, yeah. So exactly. what do you, what do you have? Well, I'm, I'm moving to Idaho. I just done, I'm done here. We're going to Idaho. Have you told your wife and kids? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. They'll find out on the drive. Right. Like you, I wouldn't do that. Right. Nobody would do that. So for SVG to hit, for him to say that, I think he's got to have some kind of plan in place. Something has to have, have already, at least at very minimum, he has had to have serious talks with somebody in terms of some kind of game plan going forward. This is what we want to do. This is what's going to happen. You know? So, um, I imagine we will see more of that plan or hear more of that plan after this truck race at IRP, you know, so hopefully, hopefully he has a good race. I'm hoping he, I'm hoping he can go out there and at least run the whole race. I'm hoping he does not get caught up in the bullshit. That is the truck racing that we see these guys banging into each other, wrecking cause, you know, I'm, I hope he can avoid that and actually get out there and get some laps in because I think it would be not only valuable for his growth in terms of his future, but also for us, we could actually see like, all right, what's this guy capable of? Because IRP is a tough track, man, especially in the trucks. It's not easy. Yeah. And we've seen how last season's race went there. It yeah, was it's... a complete shit show. Yeah. As most truck races are, unfortunately. All right, everybody. So that is going to do it all for this week. As always, thank you very, very much for joining us. Please download, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you want to ask us a question, send in your thoughts, your comments, your questions, whatever. You can do it at ask3wide at gmail.com. And yeah, um, awesome week of racing coming up as we got the USA Nationals and the late models. We've got the Ironman 55 at the Outlaws. We got Michigan on on the cup side of things. So yeah, should be a fun weekend of racing so keith my man uh try to stay cool don't know if you're uh, still getting ravaged it, by the heat is, wave it is finally cooled off a little bit it ain't a thousand freaking degrees outside yep so yeah it's been nice it's been real nice yep and, so and you have a good weekend yourself i will i will so everybody out there enjoy the weekend of racing and as always until next time take care <laughs>